Hey everybody, welcome to You Were Born For This with Father John Ricardo. That's me, Father John, and your host. I'm the executive director of Acts 29. And as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Mary and Nick, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transforming parishes. And that is even more important than ever with all that we're going through in this time of social distancing. So Nick, we got a great topic today, very practical for our priests. What is it? Uh, yes, Father John, it is super practical. So today we're continuing our conversation from the past few episodes where we're talking about our third principle. We'll say more about that in a minute. The third principle, God is the architect. And in this episode, we want to specifically talk about praying with the mind of a physician or what we call diagnostic prayer. So as we open this up, Father John, will you pray us into it? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just uh, give you this time right now, and we pray in a very particular way um, for the priests in our country, especially for pastors and for those who are the closest collaborators uh, with them, that you would give them wisdom and inspiration as they seek the guidance of your Holy Spirit in trying to discern what it is that you're asking them to do right now to best care for their people in the midst of this unprecedented time that none of us have ever lived through before. And we ask that you just anoint our words right now, that they would be uh, practical, easy to understand, and of value to our brothers and the brothers and sisters who surround them. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Great. So as we open this up, we just really want to do a quick review of what we call the three essential principles yeah, so as we've said many times before, right, there's no one way to bring about transformation in the church. We don't claim to have it, but we do have some ways. And these three principles, we're convinced they create an alloy, that is to say something new, which no matter where you are, it leads to transformation as long as you have all three together. So the first one is simply this, reacquiring a biblical worldview, because to be a disciple doesn't mean to see some things differently. It means to see everything differently. And we reduce the worldview, if you will, into four words, created, captured, rescued, response. We've spoken about that before. There's videos on our website. People can watch those. The second essential principle we call it's not enough to be a staff. And the basic idea here I could say as a, you know, a guy who was a pastor for 15 years, a priest is not supposed to lead alone. Like, I'm the guy, like I got to own decisions, right? But I have to have people around me who I can trust, rely on, who can help lead and shoulder the responsibility of pastoring the parish. If for no other reason, then like, I'm not that smart, right? And so I need perspectives. I especially need a woman's perspective because maybe Nick, you've noticed this because you're married. You're like, men and women see things differently. Just right? a little and bit. That's Just a little bit. A little bit, right? <laughs> And, and that's meant to complement each other, uh, not to be in competition with each other. So I'm blind to some things. Like Mary in the parish was huge for me. Another woman in the parish, uh, also named Mary, was huge for me and in, in, in just kind of grabbing me at times and saying, uh, Father, have you thought about this or this or this? And so, you know, Moses had his 70 wise counselors that he entrusted responsibilities to. Jesus had thousands of disciples, but he, he had 12 apostles. And even within the 12, he had three that were closest to him. And even within the three, he had one 
that was closest to him. And so for pastors, we're often saying, guys, who are your 12? Who are your three? And who are your one? Even if those numbers aren't specific, right? So real concretely for every pastor right now, like if you don't have a one, ask God to bring a one into your life. If you already got a one, ask him for a three, right? And, and this is huge, Mary, because we were just talking to a guy not too long ago uh, who's got this reputation for uh, kind of being somebody who um, he just wants to lead on his own. But the truth couldn't be further from that, could it? What did he tell us? That he was yeah. looking for people to come alongside him? Yeah, just a great guy. So he's overseeing uh, two parishes and two schools. Um, and he said, he, he shared this great image. He said, he said, I feel like I'm holding a car up and I'm all by myself. And he said, I have a reputation that I want to be a lone ranger and I can do this on my own. But he said, nothing could be farther from the truth. He said, I'm dying to have people come alongside me. And that, that, that I, I found that to be such an incredible image because it's often how these guys feel, right? They're yeah, out on it, their own and there's no one to help them. And I know that as a pastor, right? I mean, I'm, you're looking for people to come along you. And, and especially if you're a new pastor, the challenge is you, you don't know people yet and you can't accelerate time. And so you just keep praying fervently, Lord, bring into my life wise men and women who love you, who respect me, but who won't hesitate to push me and to push back on me so that we can get to clarity as to what you're asking us to do, right? And that, that feeds right into this last principle, which is really the intended, like it's the desired output of all our work. The, the idea behind helping people see with a biblical worldview and become a healthy team is so that together now you can go to God and you can ask him, Lord, we need to know what you want us to do. And this is always a, a key principle, but it's, we would argue, essentially uh, or even more essential right now in these unprecedented times that we're living in because no one's ever been here before, right? So best practices are irrelevant. And so this is much more than just praying together. This is praying in a very specific way that we want to share with people. And, and we talked last week about what does it not mean to say that God is the architect. We don't want to go through that again. You can listen to last week's podcast if you want. The basic idea is just this, an expectation that God will speak however he communicates with you and he will guide, whether it's through inspirations or ideas or scripture passages uh, or however it is that he does that. And Mary, I might ask you just to speak into this because here's a little humbling story about us. This is one of our, this is one of the three core principles of our work, right? And even though in this time, you know, of uh, meeting by Zoom and whatnot, we're always praying together at the beginning of our meetings. We always ask Mary to pray because like Mary is the queen of praying and she's just got this incredible way of bringing us right into the throne room of God. But we realize, I don't think we've been abiding by our own principle lately. Even though we've been praying we hadn't been praying with this understanding of God as the architect. Do you want to speak to what we did yesterday? Sure, Father John. So uh, uh, full transparency. So we talk about God as the architect all the time. And as you know, Father John was sharing, I mean, we lead with prayer. Uh, we, um, we're, we're men and women of prayer, and we're a very close-knit group. And part of it is because uh, we're, we're absent from each other's physical company. And so it was really easy for God as the architect for that principle kind of to get sidelined. In some of our work, it was normal when we were in our offices and the chapel was right there 
we would just leave a conference room and go to the chapel. But Father John was um, leading a rather lengthy meeting yesterday, and he just stopped us. And he says, you know what? I don't think we've been pressing into the architect. We talk about him all the time. But I'm going to ask all of us to just to step away from our screens for 15 minutes. And I want you to go to the Lord and ask him this question. So this is what Father John said. He said, go to the Lord and ask him, what is it he most wants us to do right now? Because we have so much before us. We have a lot to discern. We have some big projects. And so what we did, we gave each other 15 minutes. We went off to the places where we pray in our homes. And we came back together on screen and shared out with what we felt the Lord was speaking into our hearts, whether it was an inspiration, whether it was a word, whether it was a passage, whether it was a vision or an image. And we all shared out this really rich food that the Father gave us. So some particular themes emerged as we started to talk about that. And we had clarity, right, guys? We had clarity like within 15 minutes and saved us a boatload of time that we could have spent on screen talking back and forth. That time was so fruitful, and our meeting yesterday was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, so this is what we, we normally do is we, we, get on, we get on a call or you have a meeting, and you're like, so what do you think we should do? And we talk. And there's a lot of value to that. But it's not as valuable as saying, you know what, how about we go ask God first if he has anything he wants to say to us, and then let's talk about that. And we were able to discern really quickly because of those themes that you mentioned, Mary, emerged. Like clearly the Lord is saying something to us right now, and we had great clarity, and we acted on it immediately. We, we were able to say, okay, these things, which have been occupying a lot of our attention, it's not what he wants us to focus on. These are the two things that he wants us to do. And we jumped on it and it was an amazingly productive day. And you can feel like God's just looking at you going, uh, hello, if you just ask me, I will give you answers, right? So that's the, that's the whole idea of, of God as the architect. Yeah, so it's, what's interesting is, you know, here we are spending so much time trying to figure out what to do so often, right? So this is, we're, we're, this is true of us just the other day. This is true of us in parishes. But we go pray for 15 minutes and ask the Lord, how long did it take us to unpack that 15 minutes? I mean, what was it? Was it an hour? We spent an hour unpacking 15 minutes with God. Mm-hmm. It just shows you how when God speaks, things come into existence, right? So, so when, when, when we speak, sometimes we stumble and we, we just really struggle. But if we go give God space to talk, he's going to give us so much to think and talk about. And that, that's so transformative. It, it changes everything. And he speaks, I mean, because we've learned how he communicates with us. He gave you an image, Nick, that you Mm -hmm. shared with us, almost like a vision. Mm -hmm. He gave a word to Chris. He gave almost the exact same passage to Mary and to Steve. And it it all just, it it flowed wonderfully into, uh, we have great clarity now. And, And that's how, and somehow when that happens, people are surprised. And God wants this to be a normal thing for us. It doesn't mean you're going to get you know, the clarity we got yesterday all the time, but God wants us to expect him to talk because he's a good father and he doesn't want to leave us confused, especially right now. And especially if we have the responsibility to be caring for others 
who in days like this are discouraged and whatnot. So we, we want to move right now, if we can, into a very particular way of praying with God as the architect or of asking God to reveal the plan, right? So Nick said, we, we call this praying with the mindset of a physician or what we often sometimes call as well, diagnostic prayer. So before I even had a team, uh, when I was still learning who I could trust as a pastor and who could come alongside me, I've learned that the way God speaks to me personally is often through images. And so uh, this is how God began to speak to me with regards to addressing various needs in the parish was he gave me the image almost of, or of, I should say, a physician who he was who was asking to come over to like this light table and on the light table was an X-ray or an MRI. And it was as if I heard the Lord say, John, come here. I want to show you the wound in the parish because it's what will happen. Otherwise is you will, you will spend all your energy on various things and they might be impactful, but they won't be as impactful as concentrating all of your energy or as much of it as you can into this one area. And I needed God to show that to me. And so, and so very concretely, I remember being, um, Mary, in fact, you were on this retreat. It was a whole set of us who were taking away some of our youth on retreat. We just had this incredibly powerful encounter with Jesus. I mean, we took about 25, 35 high school students off um, spent the whole weekend in front of the Blessed Sacrament. The whole challenge to the kids was to drop their nets. I mean, to be all in for Jesus. In fact, we gave them all fishing nets as they walked in uh, to, to the retreat. And the challenge was, if you guys are willing to make a decision to drop your net, like Peter and Andrew and James and John, then at some point over the course of the weekend, you know, just leave your net in front of the Blessed Sacrament, the monstrance on the altar that we had created. Well, by the time Sunday morning came, like every single kid had dropped their net. And it was such an amazing experience with the youth. We were trying to talk about how are we going to share this with the parish at large. So we had a five o'clock mass and we left uh, the retreat center at, I don't know, like 11 or 12, Mary, maybe yep. it was on Sunday. Lunch. And then we, we, did, we made the decision, I'm going to share a little bit about what happened on retreat with the, with the parish at large. And then we're just going to have these kids almost like a prophetic gesture. We had them out in the congregation. And after I was done preaching, they just came up into the sanctuary and sat on the steps of the sanctuary, placed their nets in front of the altar uh, before they sat down. And then they just gradually held hands mm-hmm. and looked out at the parish at large. And then one of the young uh, women, she came up to the, uh, to the ambo, uh, and she just looked out at the congregation, shared really quickly a testimony of what had happened, and then more or less just threw down the gauntlet to can the parish do, at large. Yeah. Can you do said, what can, we have done? Yeah, can you not do what <laughs> oh we have God. done? Like, we just went all in for Jesus. So What's beautiful. holding you back? It was so awesome, right? And so uh, we left that retreat. I was talking to my one at the time, who was another Mary, and I just said, Mary, we got to find a way to bring the whole parish on retreat. How, how can I bring the whole parish on retreat? And uh, that was because as I had been praying with the mindset of a physician, as the Lord was bringing me over to this light table, the wound, God made it abundantly clear 
uh, in our parish was we had a, a whole host of people who would just readily tell me, and I knew this from retreats that we'd done, missions that we'd done. You know, I'd been in the parish six, seven years by this time. Father, I, I don't know Jesus. I know about him. I've been sacramentalized. I've never been evangelized. I want to meet him. And so I'm sitting there going, how do I get everybody to have this experience that we just had mm. on the retreat? And at the same time, as I'm having this conversation with Mary and I'm, I'm wrestling with the Lord, like, how am I going to do this? Okay, great. I see the wound. I'm in a conversation with some other people uh, who worked for the archdiocese. And one of the people looked at me in a totally unrelated matter or about a totally unrelated matter and just said, father, have you guys ever thought of doing alpha? And I said, yeah, I have no interest whatsoever in doing alpha. We've looked at it countless times. It's got no appeal to me whatsoever. And she just looked at me again and said, you should think about it. And I went, okay, I'll think about it. So I just thought about it. I don't want to do it. But somehow I just started praying about it. And it, it, got, to, it got to the place where the Lord just made it abundantly clear, like, hey, why don't you just look at it? Let's check it out. You know, don't dismiss it so, you know, readily as you have. And so myself, one of the associate pastors at the time, again, this Mary, we, we set aside a day to watch these videos. I had zero expectations. I mean, what's this Anglican guy going to teach me in all my, you know, wisdom, supposedly? And after like 30 seconds, I'm pulling my pen out going, that was a pretty good point. Right that down. <laughs> Then I'm, then I'm looking for a bigger notebook because I'm, I'm running out of room to write down all the things that I'm hearing mm. this guy say. We, we were going to watch, I think, all 11 videos. We, we watched, watched maybe, five. we watched four, I think. And I stopped. I said, I don't need to watch anymore. We need to do this. And not only did we do this, we did it in a way that was just pretty radical. Um, and apparently they don't encourage you to do this. We, we did it seven days a week, 10 times a week because we wanted as many people as possible to go through this experience. Why? Because God had made it abundantly clear in prayer with the architect who had a plan for our parish family that the wound right now for us was, was able to be remedied by this because the wound was people didn't know Jesus. And this was the best thing that I had come across in my life to lead people into an encounter with Jesus. And the fruit was off the chart and it continues to be so. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. That totally does. It totally does. And it, and it just really narrates the process of how much transformation can come from consulting the architect, from just mm -hmm. going before the Lord. And in this particular fashion, this diagnostic way, going to be acting as a physician saying, What's the wound, right? So Mary, pastors are listening to this. Lay people, this can work in the family too. We'll talk about that maybe later. But yeah. um, Mary, let's make this really practical, right? Yeah. So I'm a pastor. I'm listening. Okay, Father John has laid out this beautiful narrative. How do I go do it? How do I do yeah. this? Yeah, so thanks, Nick. So yeah, so Father, thanks for sharing that great example. And um, perhaps our, our, our brother preset there already had something on their mind. But if, you've, if, if you're listening right now to this, grab your one. Or maybe you would have two, uh, maybe even have three, but, but grab some of those men and women that you're closest to, that you trust, that you know will pray, that are docile to the Holy Spirit. Um, 
kind of like we did yesterday and, and, and just gather them together remotely if you have to, or if you can do this in a way that's safe, um, gather them together at the parish and simply ask them the question that Father John asked us yesterday. So where are we right now at this moment? What is, and, it, and to use the physician's language, what is the greatest wound right now in my parish? Hmm. Or, or, or where, is, um, where is my parish most sick? right now. And so, so when we use that language, what we're really asking the Father to reveal to us is, what is my parish family's greatest need right now? And, and just as Father John was sharing with us, not only did the divine physician reveal the wound, he also revealed the remedy through the body of Christ, through conversations that he would orchestrate and happen. And so when we see this principle lived out it, it kind of allows us to drop our shoulders right guys like like just like Moses it wasn't all on me God is a plan and he's with me and with these men and women that I'm close with I don't have to do this by myself and together God's going to give us that vision and we're going to get to work yeah so again the, the reason why we just want to keep uh, going over this principle right now is because so many people that we're talking to uh, are beyond the obvious like um we're having streaming masses or we're walking through the neighborhoods with the blessed sacrament or we're trying to find a way to do confessions in the parking lot the question is it doesn't look like we're going to be able to gather together in hundreds of people for some time so what are we going to do and you can either have a conversation around a conference table with a bunch of people or you can do a zoom call with a bunch of people where you can first spend time as a team, pastor, and those closest with them, and say, hey, let's just do what we did yesterday. Let's go spend 15 minutes and ask the Lord, Lord, we don't know what to do. We ain't never been here before. But we know you do. And we know you want to make that known to us because you want to use us to pastorally care for the people who you've entrusted to us, because this is your church, Lord. We're just stewards of it, trying to do the best we can. So this takes so much anxiety off of us as we're trying to ask the Lord, um, who is a good father, who sent his son to rescue us, who's poured out his spirit upon us, uh, to ask what it is that he's calling us to do. So my brothers... This is especially true for you, my brothers and callers. Huh? You do not be afraid about these times that we're living in right now. God is with you, and he wants to speak to you and those who are closest to you. And you and I might have preferred to live at another moment in history when it was a little calmer than right now. But God, in his providence and his wisdom for reasons we don't know, chose you and me to be alive right now. And he did because you were born for this moment.